Good to see you folks. Uh, Sile here, um, co-founder, CEO at MetaView. Welcome to another episode of Recruiter Screen, uh, first of the year. So um, yeah, really big things expected here of you, Rico. So, uh, you know, I hope you hope you live up to the hype on this one. Um, no, not at all. Uh, delighted to be joined by, by Rico, who's uh, a tech recruiter at Miro. Uh, Rico, first of all, thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Do you want to just give a quick intro to the folks uh, uh, watching on? Sure. Yeah. Let's see if I don't trip over my own words uh, in the next 20 minutes, more or less. Uh, well, thanks for the introduction. So yeah, indeed, Rico, senior tech recruiter at Miro. I've been there for the past two plus years uh, right now and seen a little bit of everything in the, in the business. Um, and I say business because I was in non-tech before, now on the technical side. Um, yeah, hired a bit everywhere, more on the technical side right now, but then it immediately pops off with Amsterdam, Berlin, Yerevan, where we also have an office. Um, so that's what it is right now. And my recruiter career has been six, a little bit over six years uh, right now. So I've uh, had plenty of calls at recruiter screens. And mm -hmm. it's nice to now be kind of on the other side, let's say. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Man. Well, we're excited to do this. Uh, and just for folks who haven't uh, tuned into one of these before, um, really on these recruiter screens, we try and keep it really punchy, uh, 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 a little bit frivolous, but also sort of focusing on some important topics, uh, but hopefully nothing too serious. So um, with that in mind, Rico, are you ready for your recruiter screen? Let's go. I'm ready. Yeah, cool. All right. First of all, what is it about this fantastic world of TA that occasionally makes you want to throw your laptop out of the window? Good question. Um, I would say things heat up at the end of the process, uh, mm. especially when we, we get to offer stages, we want to get offers out, we want to make people happy, of course. So for me, the most frustrating part, uh, when I really want to throw my laptop out of the window, uh, that's waiting for an offer approval. Obviously, we need to have someone click the OK button. Often, it's more than just one person. Um, and that's the part where I don't have the control anymore, right? Mm -hmm. I can guide the entire process, but then it's like, okay, I have to kind of wait. And I would say 99%, it's fine. It just takes some waiting, but you, you never know uh, if something happens uh, on that final piece. And then, yeah, for me, that's I, I try to exert my influence everywhere ping the people, check calendars. Okay, if you're in the meeting with this person, please tell them that they just <laughs> click okay, you know. <laughs> kind of uh, try, try to push it uh, push it there. But uh, yeah, that, that's, I think, one of the things that, yeah, I would first think of. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, like, I think that's a really good one because it's so, um, it's like affects you a lot and it's not affect, they don't feel like it's affecting them, of course, so much, but it's also not, it's much bigger deal to you than it is to them. And so, yeah, that's like the cocktail for a frustrating situation. Why do you think, is it, does that happen, that delay mainly just like people are sort of unaware of the priority in your head or is it actually, well, I want to spend a lot of time reviewing why we think we should hire this person. So I need to carve out time in my diary, which of the, like from that on that spectrum, where does it, where does it sit? Yeah, good point. Um, one thing, obviously, an offer approval goes to LT or leadership team. Um, they have packed schedules. Like, it's insane. So often it's not per se about, oh, my God, I need to really look at every word that's in the offer approval notes. Um, of course, it's a little bit of due diligence to make sure that what is there actually makes sense. But it's also just about time. They have back-to-backs, uh, often with EAs, you know, next to them, kind of make sure that the agenda is all, all in place. So that's the case. Um, 
it just takes a while. And as a recruiter, yeah, if you send a Slack message and someone else responds in one minute, that's great. But at that stage, that doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, of course, if you have that great relationship and you are very close to someone, that helps. Um, but otherwise, it's trying to get other people to to get that to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, what is your... Um, and actually, sorry, before we move on from that. Um, so this is... And this is coming at, to, at you at the point sort of before you've verbalized the offer, obviously, to the candidate, right? So you, you, you're coming off the back of a, let's say, a final stage interview. You, you'd love to strike while the iron's hot and let them know you're pumped, you've got the offer, and you can't do it until this has happened, basically. Yes, um, it is all about setting expectations. I wouldn't say it often comes as a surprise, uh, a surprise, at least from our side. It's, there's plenty of conversations when we're talking about compensation, when we're talking about what we are able to offer already. I don't want to ask for even an offer if I don't know that the candidate is going to accept. Um, so there's a lot of pre-closing before, but it's like, okay, we're going to push for this offer, but we have at least one or two people that have to press okay. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all about managing expectations, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Cool. What is, what is your, moving on slightly, so when you're sort of working with a hiring manager on a, on a rec, what's the sort of a trait that you really helps you do a great job as a recruiter in your collaboration with the hiring manager? What's the trait you really look for in them? Um, well, collaboration, obviously, uh, is really taking some time, especially at the start, uh, to kind of align on, on what we're looking for. Um, we switch a lot between different uh, types of people that we try to find. There's a lot of uh, specialties in, in technical recruiting, but also in other roles. Every different role has uh, its nuance, right? So, a hiring manager who is able to explain all of that, especially if you're moving into a field that may be a little bit different mm -hmm. from what you were hiring before, yeah, that's really helpful. Often they're quite technical as well. So being able to translate that in a non-technical way, that really helps. Uh, collaborating, giving a non-technical explanation and really giving me kind of the tools to also excite already a candidate from the first recruiter screen. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So it's almost like, yeah, d d doing a... Doing the work that's required sometimes, if you're especially working on new roles, to sort of give you the power to excite, excite candidates about something too. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's super, super, super valuable. What about on the on the flip side? What is a sort of a trait that sometimes you feel like makes it really hard for you to for you to do great work? Yeah, it it's clearly on the opposite side. So there's, I would say, old fashioned view of recruitment being really the department that gets the candidate, but that's obviously not true. Um, we all have to work together. So if it's really that transactional relationships, I, I, I need three engineers and I need them yesterday. I mean, that that's not going to work because you need all pieces uh, of the recruitment process puzzle to be, to be aligned, basically. So if you have a hiring manager that doesn't have that, I would really spend some time to try and build a bit of the relationship to get that view different and then be able to to really collaborate again. Um, yeah, that would be the least favorite trait. Uh, and also not being open to change or to some experimentation with how we are doing the recruitment process, kind of to optimize, um, yeah, how we're generally doing things. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I certainly the first, I mean, but, but both, are, both are important, but certainly that the first point, I guess, the sort of the, the other side of the coin uh, from your, your favorite trait. Um, yeah, the world's moved on, right? In terms of... Uh, it's a it's a battle on many fronts to win the best candidates. Um, uh, you're yes. not just competing with 
you know, the companies that are in the same part of the world as you, you're competing with global companies and uh, on all sorts of different dimensions. So yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a team sport for sure. Um, it's actually a big part of actually a couple of things that you've talked about so far, a big part of how we're um, thinking about MetaView too, in terms of how can we play into this sort of these team, team sport element. I think approvals is a part of that team sport too. Like, as you mentioned, maybe sometimes in some cases, um the approval is more of a click okay in other times it's a hey you better have you better have a really good reason for why we're making this person an offer because i'm going to check every word um and so like there's a bunch of things i think that technology could help with a lot uh, on both of the uh, both of those points so yeah watch this space on that front um what are, do you have any sort of like favorite like either it's funny or like a horror story uh from your your time as a recruiter that you'd uh you know be willing to share with folks Yes, actually, I heard that question on on one of the previous episodes. So I was thinking about this mm. um, as well. Actually, horror stories. I, luckily, I don't have that many. Uh, but funny stories, I think, uh, because I'm I'm always on a, a video call with people. I'm almost never on on actual phone calls with people. Yeah, you immediately get kind of a sense of of who you're speaking with. Yeah, so I can remember it was uh, I think a couple of months ago, somewhere last year, where. It was just a bit strange vibe I got from the other side, let's say. Mm. And you know how smoking generally is not really, you know, accepted anymore, especially not in, in interviews. Yeah. And I just had like someone sitting like this all the time and then kind of uh, funny. <laughs> going to the side and all of a sudden you see kind of this blur of smoke <laughs> kind of vaping while, while, <laughs> while, while talking to me. And I, I don't know. Maybe they were anxious for for having a conversation with me. I wouldn't know why, yeah. uh, but still, th that was quite funny. I, so they were, they were they trying to conceal it, but or not? Yes, yes. So yeah. just really like <laughs> <laughs> going outside of the screen, but then it was quite obvious there was something going on. I thought it was going to be the case that maybe they thought they weren't on camera, and there could have been something. I mean, that's funny, but there could have been something a lot worse you'd do if you uh, you thought you weren't on camera at the time. But uh, yeah, at least it wasn't that. that that can happen to recruiters, actually. Well, not with using MetaView, obviously, when you're not having to take notes. But if you're switching screens and you're making notes, but someone is saying something that might not be relevant, you're going nah. <laughs> That's That's yeah, tricky yeah, one, too. Yeah. When you don't have their face in front of you, you sort of, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, nice. Well, think, talking of getting bored about what a candidate's saying, flip side of that, what gets you most excited about your work? Yeah, I think this for me is a pretty easy one. Um, I've in the six years I've been recruiting, I've always been in-house. Uh, so actually, I don't have an agency background. And what I really like about being in-house is that I see the result and the follow-through of people yeah. that I've hired. Um, and not only that. So one thing is just being able to change a life. Uh, someone, I think my first hire at Miro, like uh, one and a half year ago, was someone living in Australia relocating to Amsterdam, building up a new life here, being super happy with uh, a role uh, that she was going to be in. Um, so yeah, that of course, it's completely picking someone up from somewhere else across the world and getting them to a new, uh, yeah, new move, new location and everything. So that's amazing. And the follow-up of that is, you know, hiring someone, then having this circle of recruitment life where that person at some point becomes a hiring manager and you are recruiting in collaboration with them or on the interview panel. And that has happened to me also a couple of times so far um, yeah. during my time at Miro. And I think that's really cool to see just that kind of cycle evolve. 
yeah the sort of the the the, the company building um especially at a company like mirror right just for folks that aren't aware can you, you mentioned you've been mirror for a two two one and a half years is that about right what's yes what's two, sort of two years plus been, growth been in that in that timeline oof um when i started we were really in the middle of hyper growth if i look a little bit broader scope so three three four years it's really grown from 250 300 people to right now being more or less 2000 yeah um yeah so that was quite stellar growth that we've uh, experienced we still have quite a lot to hire for although it did slow down uh yeah. in this climate yeah we were a little bit more conscious of where we're hiring who we're hiring um, yeah. So we have less voluminous, uh, but still we're, we're hiring. So that's a good sign. And for what it's worth, I, I um, we didn't know each other, but um, I used to be, I was based in Amsterdam for a, a chunk of my career working for Uber there. Um, I think Mira maybe was just like starting to come on the scene or maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, but obviously basically still have a bit of a network there. I've heard great things about uh, obviously how recruiting is done, but actually more, more so I've just had about the culture being a, being a really great one. So um, yeah, definitely a really cool, cool journey to have been a part of. And as you pointed out to have like implanted and transported people into that culture from every corner of the globe is, uh, is, is pretty cool. Um, what about when you think about more like the future of, of the industry as a whole, um, anything you're sort of especially excited to like really anticipating uh, for the industry? Yeah, I think this year is going to be quite pivotal in trying to see how you adopt AI or being enabled by AI. I think it's quite a common answer, to be honest, but I, I do think there will be some tools that will stick, some tools that will not. Um, and in the end, it doesn't matter if it's an AI tool or non-AI tool. It's all about adoption. If it doesn't work or it doesn't work um, you know, in the ecosystem of the tools that you're using as a recruiter or any other role, then it won't work. But I do think it has a lot of benefits, especially when looking at, you know, just um, computational power using the big data that you have in your systems, just in your uh, ADS um, yeah. in that sense, and then trying to get some some better insights from it that I think especially recruiting has way less than, for example, an engineering function. Um, that's something where in talent acquisition or in TA that, that's really going to help. Yeah. Um, hopefully get it to the next level and be way more productive too yeah yeah i think the the analogy to engineering is an interesting one and like not so i i think obviously the data that product team engineering and product teams tend to have at, at their disposal for or at their fingertips for like product decisions about how to build the product and this sort of thing obviously is incredible and is that's almost like the goal set if we can get to, if we can get talent to that point then that would be amazing um really tough obviously because we're dealing a lot of the time with people of all different shapes. I mean, like sort of uh, figurative shapes, not necessarily physical shapes, although that too, I guess. Um, (laughs) uh, But the analogy with engineering, I mean, the the quality of data that organizations have about the performance of their engineering team is not that good. Do you know what I mean? And that's, and I think that's almost more of an equivalent. That's like another area where maybe we'll start to get better data. Obviously, you know, when Elon Musk went in at X and his main way of saying, well, who who are we going to keep around? Well, who wrote how many lines of code and then have a look at it, see if it's good and, obviously fired like a ridiculous number, uh, you know, incredibly high number of the team. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think actually the observability that folks have into the, the performance of the human beings in the team is not that good, similar to how our visibility into the performance of folk, folks in the interviews was also not that good. So I, I think, funny enough, there are parts of, it's not it's not something that's about the engineering culture that is better or anything. It's just because the thing you're trying to measure 
was up until now impossible to pull interesting insights out of. Um, and that's yeah. what's changed. Certainly on the recruiting side, hopefully we're part of that. Um, but there's other 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 parts of that too. Um, what a closing question um, coming up on 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 time. Uh, what are three qualities you think make a, a top recruiter in this day and age? Um, I've given this some thought. Big shout out to to Mahmoud Ali, who was uh, on the last uh, uh, recruiter episode. Um, I think there's a couple. Um, I think what makes a very good recruiter and depends a little bit on your, your model, um, like recruiting model that you use internally, but subject matter expertise, I think often it's still unfortunately underestimated that a recruiter screen can make or break the interview process, mm -hmm. not from the selling side, but also from a candidate side. If um, a candidate thinks it's just, you know, checking some boxes and then moving on, that often is not the case. You can get rejected at a recruiter screen. But then as a recruiter, whether that's a tech recruiter or non-tech recruiter, being able to really give insight into the role that you're hiring for, the department and the organization that's surrounding that, which stakeholders there are, the more information you can give at that stage, I think that's going to really impress a candidate already from the start. Yeah. Um, not having to basically pass on every technical question to the hiring manager. I mean, some for sure not an engineer so that will definitely happen but just giving that overview and really um painting the picture in, in a realistic way but at least with a lot of information there i think that's one um second especially now we we see you know so many changes there's there's layoff season everywhere there's uh, just uh, slowdowns in terms of headcount uh, in terms of hiring um, yeah and then of course you you have 10 roles all of a sudden you have five maybe you have one so being adaptable, being flexible, having a backlog, I would say, of things that you always wanted to improve about your yeah. recruiting function where you didn't have time because you were at full capacity, make sure you have it. So the moment you have a bit of breathing room, you get into that. Um, and that's something just kind of on the, on the backlog, which is an engineering term as well. Um, so flexibility, adaptability, and I think being resourceful always helps. Knowing a guy who knows a guy, making sure that if someone asks you questions and they know not always that they get the answer, but at least that you know the person who actually knows the answer. Um, maybe not only for recruiting, but still I think that's a really good competency or, or a very good trait to have, knowing your way around the business, especially in larger enterprises, right? Where you don't know everyone in the company anymore. Um, so that's something that's, yeah, subject matter expertise, flexibility, adaptability, and resourcefulness. Those yeah. would be three I think it really make you stand out. Yeah, yeah, nice. I like I I I I like all of them. The, the subject matter expertise really resonates because um, it's probably one of the few that we've heard that is not an sort of an in, inalienable characteristic. Like some people have the capacity to work really hard, or some people are just naturally curious, or whatever. Right? Whereas having knowledge is like something we can all go and acquire, and so it's cool to have one in the list that is like you've taken the time to acquire knowledge about this thing and now you're knowledgeable and that is valuable to us, like irrespective of the rest of your sort of capabilities, yeah. that is valuable, which I think is really cool. On the last point, uh, resourceful, um, that's one we, we think about a bunch as well when we're hiring. And I think uh, it, actually in the context of being an entrepreneur as well, um, Paul Graham, who many folks will, will know, but just in, in case they don't, he's one of the founders of Y Combinator, which is, is, is Mira a Y Combinator company? No. I don't think so, no. Nope. Um, well, anyway, is like the sort of the accelerator, the incubator for a lot of 
for many amazing companies like Airbnb and Stripe and, and so on. Um, and he has this essay and he sort of tries to define the one trait that is most important in an entrepreneur or founder is being relentlessly resourceful, just, yeah. you know, uh, which I think is a really good phrase. Um, uh, so, so yeah, uh, Paul Graham agree, agrees with you. Um, nice. Uh, check Great out. Great think alike. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> nice. Rico, thanks so much for, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Had it, had a, had learned a ton and had a, had a lot of fun doing it. Um, any closing thoughts or sort of if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go? Well, LinkedIn is uh, the obvious choice. Uh, you're probably close to uh, my LinkedIn profile now. So if you want to get in touch there, um, there's a bit of delay maybe in the reply because I do get some messages there. I have also a bit of a backlog there. Uh, but yeah, ju just go there and uh, I'll be there for uh, anything you need. Nice, nice. Awesome. Rico, thanks again. And for folks uh, tuning in, uh, thanks so much for spending spending 20 minutes with us. Um, uh, and we'll be on again next week. So if you want to stay abreast of what's going on with MetaView, but also what's going on with these recruiter screen series, which are proving really popular, head over to MetaView's uh, page on LinkedIn and give us a follow. Um, but until then, let's hire on. Cheers, folks. Thanks.